Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Where's the seatbelt? Okay, you know what? Seatbelt, Karen. Oh my God. I'm loving the city of Portugal. It's beautiful. I'm not going to lie. When I heard Portugal, I was thinking Brazil. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, the Real Housewives of Potomac there in Portugal, and I'm so happy to see them on their cast trip. Truly relieved also that they're going someplace new that we haven't seen on any of the franchises. I don't believe. Maybe I'm missing something. Uh, but it's nice to see them somewhere different and new. You know, the Roni women had been going to Mexico for like 100 years, so I'm just happy to see a new locale on my TV screens. Uh, but uh, we're going to talk about Potomac in just a second, and I'm also going to talk about The Bachelorette because I have so many thoughts about what's going on at the La Quinta Inn on Claire's season of The Bachelorette, or it's not even Claire's season anymore. Now it's Tasha's season. So I, I'll put the timestamp in the episode description so you could skip ahead to Bachelorette if you want. I also want to mention that The Real Houses of Salt Lake City are premiering this week, November 11th. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to be talking about Salt Lake City on the podcast. I've promised that. I'm going to do it. But I think it's going to be part of the recap uh, with Potomac and The Bachelorette. So I believe it'll be coming next Sunday. That's the plan. Uh, so I know some people will check the feed right after the episode airs. But with Salt Lake City, I believe I'm going to put them together. Uh, but just subscribe to the podcast, Everything Iconic, on iTunes, Spotify, and you'll get all the new episode updates there. Uh, and I'll try to tell everyone on social media as well, but I think I'm going to combine all of them. Uh, because later on this week, I have a very exciting guest coming. Got two guests coming, actually, this week that uh, I can't wait for you guys to hear. So, with all of that said, let's hop into Potomac. Last week on Potomac, Monique filed charges against Candace. So now they have two people filing against each other. Oh, and Monique asked Ashley to write a statement about Candace, about the time when Candace waved the silverware in Ashley's face and kicked her out of the house. Remember that? That was a scene, ladies and gentlemen, last season. Anyway, Ashley said she would because Monique had helped Michael and Ashley when they were going through that thing where there was uh, the, uh, was it the butt grabbing thing? I don't know. Michael has so many scandals, I can't even keep up at this point. I'm like, what is going on with that man? I hate him, too. By the way, Michael Darby, I hate him. If you're listening, which I'm sure you're not, but if you are Michael Darby, we have a message for you. You need to stop. Just in general, you need to stop with all of this horrible behavior. All of it is horrible. The way he was talking to Ashley, which we'll talk about. But here I am talking about a flashback to last season. And Monique had not given up the footage uh, from her house. Apparently, she had cameras all over the house, but she did not give up the footage. And I believe she did probably have footage in the basement, maybe. I don't know. I kind of feel that way. Uh, But she did not give up any footage. And so Ashley feels an allegiance towards Monique. And I got to be honest, you guys, I'm a little bit worried about the fact that it seems like nobody wants to film with Monique. She wasn't allowed to go on the cast trip. I don't know. It's worrying me a little bit because I like Monique, actually. And I don't, I don't like this. I don't, I was actually doing the math while I was watching this episode when 
Karen sat down with Monique, and Karen said, look, we're going on this cast trip. And Monique said something about, well, she talked to Ashley two weeks ago, and they flashed back to two weeks ago. And so I was doing the math in my head, you know, like Russell Crowe in A Beautiful Mind, and I was thinking, did Monique film in between those two weeks? And I was thinking, did they ice her out over those two weeks? Because two weeks, when these shows are in production, for somebody not to be filming is a while. And so it seemed to me that Monique maybe didn't really film within those two weeks. Now it's possible. It's possible they had a holiday break or something, because this was November. So as I was doing all of this math, uh, I did realize it was November because I didn't even have to look up when the charges were dropped because I saw Ashley in a scene and she had a blood vessel that was popped in her eye. And I remember at BravoCon, she had shown up and there was a blood vessel popped in her eye. And so I was like, okay, BravoCon was November of last year. So that means this happened in November. Maybe they took a Thanksgiving holiday break or something. And that's why Monique didn't film for two weeks. Although I still think that they're icing her out. They didn't invite her on the trip. And even when she, we did see like a little flashback scene of Ashley talking to Monique about the trip. And Ashley didn't even say like, I wanted to invite you. You know, we're all pretending this is Ashley's trip and it's not. (laughs) It's production's trip. It's not. Ashley didn't do anything, I don't believe, for this trip. When they all showed up at that hotel, did you see they were all like, Ashley, good choice. And I'm thinking, production, good choice. Like, this is not, why are we all still pretending this is a thing now? We're, We're how many seasons into The Housewives? Orange County started, I don't know, 15 years ago or something longer than that. So I don't think we need to pretend that these women are planning their trips to Portugal for the cast. It's just not a thing. But they were all like, oh, Ashley, good job picking this hotel. Um, But when she sat down with Monique, she's like, yeah, we're going. Sorry you couldn't come. And that was the smoking gun. It was like, yeah, production wouldn't allow her to come because the other women either said they wouldn't film or there was some other thing going on. And I don't like, it never works out in the cast's favor, by the way. Never, ever, ever. Because the fans, we don't like it when they ice someone out. We, the fans, want to be the ones who decide who's coming back and who's leaving and all of the firings and hirings. We don't like it when a cast gangs up on someone else. It happens on Beverly Hills all the time. It happens on the other franchises. And we see through it. So I think this plan, which I believe it to be a plan for the other women to not film with Monique, I believe that it will just make the fans want Monique around more because we don't like that they're making this decision. Does that make sense? I think you guys get it. Anyway, Ashley reveals that she's leaving Dean with the nanny Eve and Michael. And it's revealed that Michael will be the one to put baby Dean asleep. And he's going to be at work all day. And you guys, he couldn't even do that much. What an asshole. I hate him. I hate Michael Darby. He couldn't even get home. He had to work. The first night when they got to Portugal, Ashley's trying to call him. He's not answering the phone. She tried to FaceTime. Then he tried to call. She tried to call. And he said that he was driving home. And I don't believe that he was in a car. I was listening very intently, you guys. My ear was up to the screen. Truly, my ear was like, I had like a soup can up against my ear to the TV screen. Because I was trying to see, did I hear an echo? that Michael Darby was in the car driving home, and I didn't hear it. I turned the volume up all the way, I had a soup can. And it wasn't a thing. So I believe him to be lying, and he didn't even answer until like the third call or something. Then she says, look, uh, Eve just told me Dean is getting fussy, wants to go to bed. It's after 7. It was like 7.06 or something. And he's like, oh, a meeting ran late or something. I'm like, that's bullshit. I believe him to be lying. As he always does, because he's been caught in a million lies, so what else are we to believe then? Uh, the fact that he's lying. 
And then he hangs up on Ashley. She's all the way in Portugal, missing her son for the first time. This is the first time she's really been away, I mean, out of the country. And uh, a newborn baby, she's missing baby Dean. And poor Eve, too. I hope Eve got paid overtime or the, I don't know. I hope they did something nice for Eve, got her a fruit basket, a edible arrangement or something, because she was working late. She was expecting Michael to be home at that point so he could put down the baby. And Eve's probably sitting there thinking, like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Eve's got things to do, guys. Eve has things to do. And I don't even think they refer to Eve as the nanny. They keep saying on the Chiron or on the lower thirds where they put the title, it says Eve, Ashley's friend. So it's not even nanny. So that makes me believe that maybe they're not even paying Eve. She's just a good friend uh, helping out when her friend needs this to go on the cast trip for the TV show she's on. And poor Eve is stuck there till after 7 o'clock. Who knows even what time Michael got home? 7.06 or whatever, or 08, or I don't know what time it said on the screen, was when he was headed home, allegedly, from the office. But look, Eve has things to do. I'm sure she wanted to get home. She wanted to watch her programs. She wanted to watch The Bachelorette or whatever was going on that night. I, I don't know. Eve had things to do. She probably wanted to get home to catch up and watch this show. Uh, Potomac Housewives, or who knows what she was watching, Roni, Atlanta Housewives, I don't know what was airing at that time, but Eve has things to do, and she's stuck with the baby, it's not even her baby, and she's not, I don't think she's getting paid as a nanny. So honestly, Michael, you need to get yourself together, and you need to stop it, you need to cool it, you need to cool it with all this bullshit, because we're all sick of it, we've had enough, you've been putting this woman through so much, every week I think, wow, Ashley's going through it again with this man. She, he wouldn't even answer on the call, and then he hangs up on her? Fuck you. Hanging up on her. This woman's away from her newborn. Moms are tired. She's tired. She's even away on her vacation. She's got a pump. Do you see when she had a pump at the table, make some milk? And she can't even just uh, not do anything on her vacation. She's still got a mother on her vacation. She's tired. Mothers are tired. And this man can't even do it. By the way, did you see when Ashley was pumping at the table? They were all at lunch in Portugal. And she had the like breast pumps or whatever on her on her bubbies. And they did play for like a very split second. The editors or producers or whoever, they did put in that goofy Alex McCord music, <laughs> which you know is my favorite thing. But I think even the editors realized like it was kind of inappropriate to put that music in. So it only played for like the quickest little, it was so fast. If you blinked, you missed it. If you blinked, you missed it. Um, although it was a sound, so that doesn't make any sense. I guess if you put earmuffs on for a second, you missed it, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, but they played it. It was like, ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. You know that, that Alex McCord, I like to call it. It was a little bit more higher upbeat, maybe, with Ashley, but you guys know what I'm saying. And I feel like the editor, the Bravo editor, was sitting behind the, the screen as he was editing this episode. He's like, oh, I want to put it on. He was like sweating bullets. He's like, should I put it on? It's inappropriate, but I want to put it in. <laughs> they knew. They knew that they shouldn't put the goofy music while she was breast pumping at, at lunch. They knew that. They're smarter than that. These editors are very intelligent. And yet they did it anyway. They did it anyway. So let's see. Oh, the other thing I want to talk about with Monique and Ashley and Michael and that whole situation was it was revealed this week that Monique knew that Ashley and Michael were in an open relationship and she acted surprised at the barn and the editors put in but <laughs> like a little editing thing or like a title on Monique that said acting surprised. And we saw Monique just being like, oh my God, I didn't know you guys were in an open relationship and she was pretending. <laughs> and I think Monique deserves an Emmy for that. Honestly, somebody get her an Emmy because 
I wouldn't have known if the editors didn't point it out and Ashley didn't point it out. I would have had no fucking clue. So somebody get that woman an Emmy. Okay, I know the rest of the cast is trying to push her off the show, and that's probably because they know that their chances of an Emmy are shot with Monique in this cast. Because if anyone's getting one, it's Monique this season. She's given us a lot of content, and she's shown us layers, and she's lying on camera. And honestly, who, uh, what actress on television these days can do the kind of work that Monique did in that barn scene when she pretended not to know Ashley and Michael were in an open relationship? I don't know one. I don't know one. So all the women, when they go to Portugal without Monique, they, uh, we get the plane footage, and I always love the plane footage. It says, like, Robin Cam and Candace Cam, um, which just saying that makes me think of Candace Cam and Beret, which is an unfortunate side effect of saying the word Candace Cam. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, I love the plane footage, and it's a 19-hour flight. Karen, I think, was, like, sitting next to Wendy, and they had this funny moment, and uh, Karen looked right at the camera. She's like, I asked to switch here. And she smiled. Oh, it was good. These women were making me laugh a lot this episode. Uh, so let's see. They all get to the hotel. I was missing hotel baths. I love a big bathtub. And we unfortunately don't have a big bathtub. I'm I'm pretty tall. And here in the apartment we live in, uh, we have like a little tiny bath. That's like a bath shower, you know. But I love going to a hotel and having like a big ass bathtub. And just seeing them all have those big-ass bathtubs just made me so jealous. So jealous. So then they all get ready. They're going to do dinner at the hotel. Giselle calls Jamal from the terrace. And you guys, her outfit was shocking to me. And I really thought this was like her outfit. Because we've seen Giselle in some very surprising, let's say, things. And she had sort of like a what I thought was a loose necklace and camo, uh, camo pants with a red halter. But I learned later on that actually was a headband, and she put a new red halter over it, uh, over the other red halter. Or she put a new red shirt, rather, over the red halter. And she was still wearing the camo pants. Now, I'm not saying it was good, but it was still a relief when they went to dinner, and, and Giselle, at least, it wasn't a necklace, and it was a headband. Does that make sense? Like, because I was really surprised, and look, again, I'm no fashionista. I'm maxinista, not a fashionista. And Giselle's outfit, to dinner at the hotel was surprising. Surprising. Meanwhile, at the hotel dinner, Karen orders milk, and she says it's because of an ulcer. And I was a little confused. They were all talking about this, and they were saying she did it because she didn't want to turn up or something, I think. I don't know. That was confusing to me. But I hope Karen's ulcers are okay. God bless. Uh, Father God in heaven, bless on Karen's ulcers, is what I'm trying to say here. Now, Wendy brings up her degrees again. And we really need Wendy to stop bringing up the degrees. And you know I love Wendy. I love my Wendy. She's great. Did you guys listen to the interview with Wendy? Ah, she was so good. If you haven't listened, it's from last week on the podcast. Go listen, because she's just fantastic and so kind. Um, But she does keep bringing up the degrees. And we did learn one fact about her that I loved. She's sitting at the table. They're all sitting around. She's talking about the degrees. And I was getting tired about the degree talk. But then, 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 then... By the way, I want to say that I'm really proud of her for getting all those degrees. I mean, it's badass. Badass. But she was sitting around, and just as I was about to like voice that I was tired of the degree stuff, then she gives us a little nugget of information, a little chicken nugget of information, if you will, when she says her dad worked at a fast food restaurant, and the dad became a manager and decided to name her after the fast food place that he worked at, and it was Wendy's. You guys, wasn't that great? 
Wow, what a moment. Wow, what a moment. I loved it. I loved it. Then the table starts talking about uh, vagina stuff. So they were talking about like poon poon or, and they kept saying coochie. Now I was getting a little lost in this whole thing. You know, when I hear the word vagina, sometimes I tone, I, I zone out. Um, because, you know, as a gay man, I, I just, I zone out a little bit, to be honest with you. But they were saying like coochie and, um, different uh, slang words for vagina. And it was so funny to me because just as they're all talking about, it, they were having a good time, some laughs, having a little like, you know, a little bit of an R-rated conversation. You know, when you get together with your girlfriends, you talk about, like, sex stuff, and you swear, and all that stuff. Anyway, they're talking about coochie, and Giselle says something along the lines of, like, speaking of coochie, how are you and Michael? She says that to Ashley. And Giselle truly has never, never let us down when it comes to a transition into being messy. Never, ever. She's, they were talking about vagina stuff, and Giselle just goes, speaking of coochie, or speaking of poon poon, What's going on with you and Michael? And it's so messy. And Karen's not having it. Karen's not having it anymore. She's over Giselle's bullshit. And so then she calls out Giselle's relationship with Jamal. And she says, is he not proud of you? Why is he never around? And Robin actually sort of agrees with Karen. And you know that made, uh, uh, you know that made Giselle really upset. You know it did. Uh, they all sort of make up. Eventually, they go back to their rooms. I think they were tired. This was the first night. I did like that we saw Candace brought her own pillowcase to the hotel room, and I do that too. So shout out to Candace. I think it's important. If you can, bring your own pillowcase. I don't know. I get allergies in those rooms. I get bad allergies with a lot of stuff, but when I'm in those hotel rooms, I always ask for the hypoallergenic bedding. And I always feel like a dick when I do it. You know, like you feel kind of gross making requests. But... You know, otherwise I spend the whole trip and I'm just sneezing and sniffling. So, uh, anyway, I don't know why I guys I had to tell you guys that, but I did. So you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. By the way, you guys, we're gonna get into the Bachelorette recap in just a second. But I've been saying all week. I, last week on the Bachelorette, she gave herself a rose. Claire, our Bachelorette, just gave herself her a rose at the end of the episode. And so all this week, I've been saying to myself, "I give you this rose." You know, it's been an emotional week. And when I was really in the dumps, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to give myself this rose. I just kept saying that to myself. And it was almost like a, a good meditation mantra, so I encourage it. Anyway, back to Potomac. Uh, let's see. Oh, that's when Ashley calls Michael, which we talked about that. Uh, what an asshole. Then uh, Candace brought, also, not only did she bring her own pillowcase, she also brought her post-its for affirmations. And we see her posting them around the hotel room. She posted, you're okay, you're in control, forgive for you. She posted those around the hotel, and I was thinking, I wonder if she removed those, you know, or if one of the uh, people who was cleaning the room after they left had to look at those affirmations on the windows and the and the mirrors and stuff. You know, I, I'm not sure. I'm curious. Um, but I like that she did it, and honestly, I might start doing that. I, it seemed crazy, and I laughed at it a couple weeks ago when I saw Candace do it, and now I'm like, Matt, get the post-its. You know, I need to get me... <laughs> Get me a magic marker and some post-its because I need to redecorate. That's what I'm t- telling my boyfriend because maybe it's a good idea. Just write, you're okay. You know, just put any, you accept this rose. Just put that around the house. I might do it. So then the next day they go and do the cable cars. My favorite part of the cable cars was when Karen asked for the seatbelt. She said, is there a seatbelt in here? And all the girls laughed. And I laughed at home too. I thought, Karen, you don't wear a seatbelt on the cable car. Wasn't there a song by The Fray, something cable car, over the head? And it was, <laughs> Am I making this up? Is this a, am, I, am I making this up? Do you guys remember The Fray? 
They sang a song called How to Save a Life from Grey's Anatomy. I think they had a song called Cable Car. Something like that. I hope I'm not making that up. You know, sometimes something just pops in your head and you think, what? You feel like Raven from That's So Raven. Remember when she'd get one of those those uh, psychic abilities? She'd just all of a sudden start thinking about something. That's how I feel uh, just now when I thought of the fray. Remember them? What happened to them? SOS on the fray. What, can we check in on them? Let's get a wellness check on the fray. I think we need to figure out where they're at, what they're doing. Them and the other people from Grey's Anatomy too, the Chasing Cars guys. Where are they at? I used to like them. Snow Patrol. Snow Patrol. What a name for a group. <laughs> Only in the early aughts could you name a band Snow Patrol. A bunch of straight men just singing about, uh, singing a Grey's Anatomy song, and their name is Snow Patrol. What was that about? What a strange name. I did love them, though. I did. Them and the fray. Maybe, maybe, maybe we get some answers. Right after we get off here, I'm going to do my own wellness check on those two bands. See what's up to them. Anyway, so then uh, they do the cable cars. They do the lunch. Giselle, um, Giselle and Karen have a little moment. Wendy and Karen have another little moment about the, um, about the degrees stuff. And the, oh, the best part though is when Karen and Giselle were going after each other a little bit. And Karen says to Giselle, would you tell Satan about your relationship? She basically infers that Giselle is Satan. If I'm not outright saying it, she does basically say that uh, Giselle is Satan. And I, my jaw dropped. I loved it. Karen's not interested in Giselle's bullshit. She's just not. And she says, Jamal lives in your phone. He ain't here, she said. (laughs) She said, Jamal lives in your phone. He ain't here. He ain't here. I love Karen. Oh, I love her. And then Giselle called Jamal, and he was riding the train, had a FaceTime with the whole group. And don't you hate when somebody FaceTimes you, and they're with, like, a whole group of people? I don't like when anyone FaceTimes me. You need to give me at least a day heads up that you're going to be FaceTiming me or Zooming me or calling me on video. Don't just surprise me with a video call. I don't care for it. I know some people do it, but don't ever do it. And particularly don't do it to me when you're at a full group of people. Because I don't want to see a whole group of people. Maybe my hair's not done up. Maybe I'm, I don't know, don't feel good about the way I look at the moment. I don't want to be surprised by FaceTime. I thought that was unacceptable, Giselle. And quite frankly, I've always been on your side when it came to Jamal. But this was a turning point for me because I saw you call him on FaceTime unannounced and unexpected. So that's unacceptable to me. So at this point, I know I'll be back on Team Giselle in a couple minutes. But for this moment in time, I was on Team Jamal because I thought, mm mm unacceptable. I still hate Jamal, though, by the way. Just want to be clear. want to be clear. Anyway, the episode ends on a to-be-continued. It was a great episode. I loved it. I loved it. It is what it is. I loved it. It was a great episode. Potomac always delivers. So, uh, with all of that said, I want to talk about The Bachelorette. But before I do talk Bachelorette, I want to also remind you guys that I have a holiday spinoff podcast that is now in season two. It's called A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. I co-host it with my friend Jenna Brister. She's a comedian and writer, and we're covering a bunch of holiday movies. So we just did that Netflix movie called Holiday. We have movies like Home Alone coming up, The Polar Express, a lot of insane movies that we just uh, sort of loosely talk about and uh, talk about really whatever we want. We have a good time, but um, come join us for some holiday cheer. And you could subscribe to that podcast uh, on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. It's called A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. And uh, we're coming out with episodes weekly. We were just going to do a few, and now we're doing them weekly. So. Uh, go find them. Find us on Instagram at a very merry iconic podcast. And uh, yeah, enjoy. Okay, so with all of that said, shall we get into the bachelorette? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. We have never dealt with anything like this in the history of our show. I'm confused as all hell. Claire has a massive crush on Dale. She's got total tunnel vision. If she already found it, then what are we doing? Because she's obviously not giving anybody else a chance anyway. This has waited so long for this. You've just blown up the bachelorette. Okay, you guys, a big day at the La Quinta Inn. Claire blew up the bachelorette. We've been hearing that soundbite from Chris Harrison a million times. For weeks now, we've been seeing previews of Claire blowing up the bachelorette. And it finally happened this weekend. And Chris Harrison, he had his work cut out for him because he was walking around the La Quinta Inn playgrounds chasing Claire around, chasing Dale around. I mean, he had a lot of work to do. And every time he sat with Claire in the uh, suite that Claire was in, do you notice he had to move the furniture? Every time he walked into that place, he had to move one of the chairs closer to Claire. And I kept thinking in my head, like, why isn't the production, why aren't they moving the chair closer to Claire? Why every time that Chris enters Claire's suite, does he have to move the chair himself, sit down next to Claire and talk about what's going on with her? Every single time, every scene, he did it like five times in the episode. I was like, what's going on? And he had to just run around. He was getting his exercise because he was going to Dale. He was going to the guys. He was going to everyone. And I'll be honest, I was feeling bad for the guys because they signed up for the show to fall in love with Claire. And I never side with the men. You guys know I always side with the women, but I was thinking these men signed up for a show to fall in love with this woman. Maybe some of them didn't uh, sign up to fall in love. Maybe some of them signed up 
so they get Instagram followers. And they are not getting it because they're not getting any screen time because Claire's not even engaging with them at any point in this show. And so I really was feeling bad for Jason and the and the rest of the crew. Jason, Jason, the Bennett, all of them. I was thinking, I can barely remember any of your names because Claire's not giving you any of the time of day. And, uh, you know, I so I did feel bad for them, but it was clear that Chris and the producers, they all wanted to get Claire out. They were like, this has got to end because Claire is just, we remember last week, she gave herself the rose so that we can't have that on this show. We need her to give the rose out to other people. And so basically they kick her out and they're like, well, how do you feel about Dale? And she's like, I love him. I met the one, blah, blah, blah. And here's the thing. The big question in Bachelor Nation, uh, from what I'm aware of, is like whether or not Dale and Claire had a relationship during that quarantine period where they knew they were going to be on the show together. So Claire was able to like look up the contestants on social media and kind of get to know them beforehand. And so that's the big question. Like, did they communicate? And I 100% believe they did communicate. I know they're sticking to the story that they didn't. Claire did say she saw him on social media or whatever, but I, I don't buy it. The one thing I will say is that I think on social media, you can look up someone and you can really feel like you know everything about their life and you can almost create this narrative in your head of like what this person is like. And you can fall in love with that idea of what that person is. But it doesn't necessarily mean that is what that person is, because we all present our best selves on social media, or most of us do, most people do. And so you're not really getting a big full picture of this human being. You're just seeing like a best of or a highlights reel from Instagram. But do I believe that they DM'd and maybe had a little bit of contact? I sure do. I sure do. Oh, by the way, you guys, I mentioned how Chris Harrison had to keep going to the inn and saying hi to Claire and talking about all this. What is going on when Claire is sitting with the journal? Can we talk about the journal for at least 20 minutes? Because she sits with the journal, and I don't believe there's anything in there other than a doodle of a smiley face or something. Like, I don't believe she's actually writing in a journal. I have journals. I keep a journal. And believe me, I don't look like that when I'm writing a journal. And I don't believe she would do it on camera. I think they just threw her a moleskin notebook, and they were like, look, you need to write because we need some B-roll. You know, B-roll is just that footage they use when they have, like, a voiceover or something they need to play. But I think they just ran out of ideas, and so they were like, here's a blank notebook, so just write in it. But I don't think she wrote in it, and I want to see it. I don't know, is that something they do on Bachelor Nation? Can we get her to release the journal? Because I want to see if there's any words in it, I don't believe there are. Every time, they, it happened a couple weeks ago, or last week, or something, too. She was sitting on that chair in the La Quinta suite, writing on the journal, and I don't believe that she wrote a single thing, not one line of dialogue, or one line of anything. I think she just is faking it. And I need to see those pages. I need to see those pages because I believe they're fake. Anyway, uh, she does say um, she saw things on Dale's social media and she would feel things. And look, immediately, immediately when I first entered and dipped my toe into this world of The Bachelorette, I immediately Googled Dale. So I know that Claire did as well. And the first thing that I saw when I Googled Dale was those Halloween costumes that he modeled for Spirit Halloween. And so that makes me think, what's going on here, Claire? Like, you Googled him. I believe those would be the first things that you would see as well. You see Dale in a taco costume, and did that really make you fall in love with this man? Because I saw the taco costume, and if anything, it made me look the other way and want to run. Because he was in a taco costume. That's the first thing. It was one of the first images. Maybe when Claire, uh, maybe when Claire Googled him, it wasn't there. But I believe it was probably the first thing that Claire saw when she Googled Dale. 
Because if you, uh, this was before the Bachelorette had even started, so there would have been no real news stories about this program or Dale himself. So the only thing that he had maybe done of note was, of course, his football career and the taco costume. So what's the deal here, Claire? Did you really fall in love with them from those costumes? I'm not sure. I need to know the answers. So anyway, this uh, night, Claire and Dale decide to go and have their little one-on-one date because the producers are obviously setting it up, so they need them to pair off and get out of here. So they have to have them uh, have this little date. And Claire says, she brings Dale to this little table and she says, I found this cute spot. And I was thinking, okay, are we all pretending here that Claire uh, did production design and just found this spot? Because I don't believe it. I believe producers did that. Do we just believe on this franchise that Claire actually found this little spot? I don't think so. It was all lit and ready to go. It was all lit and ready to go, but they acted like Claire did some great, I don't know, discovery work, like she was Christopher Columbus or something, or whoever that was discovered something so brand new. Um, And so they talk about their relationships. She says some things about her parents, and he says about his parents, and they don't even know each other's parents' names at this point. And it, is it a little bit stalkery? Maybe. I believe this whole relationship was maybe a little bit stalkery, because they are admitting that they looked each other up and all of that. Um, but I just don't believe that they knew much about each other. And here they are talking about their parents, and, and then they get engaged right away. And it's like, just slow down. Slow it all down. You guys don't even know each other's middle names. Why do you got to get engaged? I know that's the point of this TV show, but still, it was shocking to me. And then that night when they're out and they're having their little dinner at that spot that Claire found, these two people showed up, and you guys, I was shocked. I think their names were Chris and Bree. And I asked my friend Sarah. She does a Bachelorette podcast. She had me on and we were talking about it. And I was shocked, bewildered, befuddled, surprised, uh, and enraged. It was all of the emotions when I found out these two singers that were suddenly brought into the La Quinta Inn. They were from a show on uh, ABC called Listen to Your Heart, where it was Bachelor, it was uh, a Bachelor spinoff where they were competing to be musicians and fall in love or something like that. Look, I still haven't wrapped my head around the mechanics of it, but I cannot even believe that there's all these different spinoffs. And you guys know I'm new to this world, so I was not really sure that... I don't know all these other shows. There's Bachelor in Paradise, Bachelor this, Bachelor that. But the fact that they have a musical spinoff show, and then they act like the whole world is just supposed to know who these Chris and Brie are. Now, I am a student of pop culture. You guys know I know a lot of this stuff. I know a lot of this stuff, even when I don't watch the shows, I usually feel like I know the universe or I know the the ins and outs of the stuff that's popular in pop culture, but I never even heard of a show called Listen to Your Heart, or maybe I'm getting the name wrong, but I've never heard of a show where it was Bachelor spinoff and they were competing to be singers like fucking American Idol or The Voice. What is happening here in America in this day? I could not believe my ears when I heard that this was it. Because when I'm watching it, that was the biggest surprise of this whole episode. I thought, who are the fuck are these people? Chris and Bree, that are singing with the guitar and the microphone. I- I've never seen them before, and it was almost as if the producers and editors of The Bachelorette were just expecting us to know, as if it was Harry Styles and Ariana Grande. That was what I was watching. I'm like, are they expecting us to just know who these people are? And then I had a crisis of faith when I was thinking to myself, I don't know who these two singers are. I was like, have I finally reached that point in my life where I'm too old to know who the youths are listening to? But then I come to find out it's not who the youths are listening to, it's who Bachelor Nation is listening to. And I'm ready to dive in. I just didn't know. So my friend Sarah, she had told me that 
apparently there are these singers and now they have like a Christmas song out. So now I'm like on Spotify listening to Chris and Bree and they're my new favorite artists. So the joke's on me is what I'm trying to say. But I was thinking of the mechanics of they're bringing them into the La Quinta in playgrounds and they needed to quarantine them and get them COVID tested. But did they know that Dale and Claire would have the one-on-one date so early in the competition and they had to bring in these people? Or did they have other people plan to be musicians later in the season? Because I had heard that normally they have like D and C list country singers come in and sing to these people. But now they got Chris and Bree. I hope I'm saying those names right. I'm not even sure that their names are Chris and Bree. I don't know anyone's name on the show. I get them mixed up all the time. Apparently people were yelling at me in the episode description of this podcast. I was writing Claire C-L-A-I-R-E. And apparently it's just C-L-A-R-E. There's no I. There's no I in Claire. Even though she gave herself that rose, apparently there's no I in Claire. I think we need to add an I because she seems only interested in herself. Even when she was talking to Dale at the table and they're getting to know each other a bit more, it seemed like he was talking about his parents and then she just cut it off and she's like, well, mine are this way. And I don't know. I just don't like, I don't like Claire. When she had that robe confessional, did you see that? Claire did a robe confessional. I was shocked by that too. I was shocked she did the robe confessional. She's doing a lot of interesting wardrobe work on this show. We know last week she sniffed Dale's pants on camera, and now here she is doing a confessional in a robe. Now, what do I know? But it seemed shocking to me. Oh, so I was watching this episode with my boyfriend, and in one of those scenes when Chris was talking to the rest of the guys, my boyfriend said in regards to Chasen, uh, this was Matt, he said, Chasen looks like one of those guys who always has chap lips. Now, this really made me laugh, because I couldn't agree more, and I'm not even sure why. And I, by the way, I like Jason. I think he's a gorgeous man. Would I sleep with Jason? Sure. Uh, but he definitely looks like someone who always has chap lips. And we all know a person like that, don't we? It's always important to hydrate. Ladies, if you're out there, just grab a water right now. Maybe this is a good reminder to us all. Let's all grab some water, a vitamin water, something, something that's hydrating, a Powerade, whatever you got to do. Just get something to hydrate because you don't want to be like Jason and have dry lips all the time. I don't even know that Jason has dry lips all the time, but it just made me laugh. I wrote it down. I wrote it down. Oh, so then um, when Chris was sitting down to talk to Claire about the proposal and whether or not she wanted to do it, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Chris or Claire says regarding her choice to just want to be with Dale, she says, true Claire fashion, right? And that just grossed me out that Claire was saying, this is all in true Claire fashion. I don't like when people like refer to themselves. And Claire's doing it a bit too much for my taste. Uh, Anyway, eventually, Claire and Dale, uh, they get engaged. Dale Dale engages with her. Dale proposes, and I don't believe he wanted to do it. I actually think Dale probably was going on to the show, wanting Instagram followers. We know he was an aspiring model. He did the Spirit Halloween. Uh, So we know he was an aspiring model and probably wanted to be in front of the camera and thought, this is a good way for me to get Instagram followers. And so he probably thought the further in the com- uh, competition that I make it, the more followers I'll get in social media, I'll be an influencer, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think he anticipated to get, uh, get so far so quickly. I think he was just trying to win it or get to the end. And now here, uh, two weeks in, he had to run off with Claire. He had to run off with her. And the rest of the guys are sitting there like, what the fuck is going on? They didn't even know. One guy said something, what did he say about um, his book? He said he got books for, uh, 
He was so mad, you guys, that one, I think he's the, uh, was he from Canada? I know the one guy who said he brought books and he was so upset because he read a bunch of books for her about dementia or something. Did I, am I making that up? I hope I'm not making that fact up. <laughs> I know there was one guy who was really upset because he said he read a bunch of books for Claire. And I bet you they were the first books he maybe read in his life. I'm not sure. Uh, but they were all upset. Poor Chasen sitting there with his chapped lips and just drying up even more over time because he wasn't getting any screen time with the the Bachelorette. So now they're stuck there. Tasha shows up, though, and she's going to come in. And I feel bad for everyone all around because here's the thing. I feel bad for Tasha because these men were chosen for Claire. They weren't chosen for Tasha. So I bet they would have chosen different people. Maybe Chasen wouldn't even be there. Maybe the other, the boy band manager wouldn't even be there. You guys, the boy band manager is maybe my favorite. He's the one I would most want to sleep with, I believe. I was trying to decide as I was watching the episode. And I, look, I don't know what kind of boy band he manages. Especially at this point, how could you just leave for months? Uh, leave the boy bands high and dry. What are those boy bands doing now that this man, I think his name is Kenny. What are the boy bands doing when Kenny's not around to manage? They would have to find a new manager. And so at, uh, when Kenny comes back from this uh, experience, he's not going to have any boy bands to manage because he left them all to go meet Claire. And now Claire runs off, so Kenny's fucked. Kenny is fucked, you guys. Uh, but he's the one I would most want to sleep with. I like the tattoos. You do like the tattoos. Also, he seems like outspoken in a way that I'm into. I don't know. I'm just really into Kenny with those tattoos. Ooh, I love a guy with tattoos. Ooh, I do. I do. I love. I do. I do. I do. I do. <laughs> saying I do to Kenny. He's the one I'd run off with. Uh, anyway, what was I saying? Now I'm all sweaty. Thinking about Kenny and those tats. Ooh, I'm all sweaty. What, what was I talking about? Oh, so Claire and Dale run off. Oh, I was saying, I feel bad for the guys, and I feel bad for Tasha because I want Tasha to get the best men uh, for her. And so I don't like this whole thing. I'm very upset about it. I'm very upset about it. But I'm in on this show. I love this show. I want to see more Claire and Dale. I know some people in Bachelor Nation, they hate Claire. I've been reading it. They don't like the fact that their show has been blown up, in the words of Chris Harrison. But I'm liking it. I find Claire completely unhinged in a way that I haven't experienced on television in a very long time, and I'm into it. And Dale, too, by the way. Dale. I find him very unhinged in a way as well. And I don't want to not see them on my TV. I hope they give him a spinoff or something. At the very end of the episode, they gave me one of the favorite scenes that I've seen on this show thus far. Aside from those two people who were singing. Those two people were in shock. They were singing. Um, They gave me a scene that I uh, was so loving. And it was when Claire and Dale, they had left the La Quinta Inn playgrounds. Or they were in at least their own little suite or something. I don't know. It was like cell phone footage. And they were making a romaine salad. And it was so strange to me. It, they were just working out together. They were doing that gross thing couples do when they're like working out together. They were doing the jump rope together. And it was so disgusting. It was so, it made me almost vomit a little in my mouth because they were just jump roping so closely to each other. And I don't know about you guys, but uh, look, I've been in a relationship with my boyfriend for almost 11 years now. We've been together. Not even early on was I interested in jump roping so closely to him. Never. Never. Yeah, you want to I get the I get the appeal of hooking up and and wanting to have sex and all of that stuff, but I will never get the appeal of wanting to work out with your partner. Mm-mm, not interested. You get sweaty when you're working out. Do I want someone's sweat just dripping on me if I'm not uh, if I'm not doing it? No. I don't want to No one wants to work out anyway, let alone jump rope. Do you know how hard it is to jump rope with someone so closely? 
It's so gross. When I saw that, I was so disgusted. I was so disgusted in those two, but I did want more. And they were making a romaine salad. They kept saying that, romaine salad. I'm like thinking, <laughs> I never heard a salad referred to that way. You know, I guess I, I think of like salad in terms of like Caesar salad, Cobb salad. But romaine salad just means you're using romaine lettuce, but it doesn't indicate what type of salad it is. But here they were acting as if romaine was a type of salad. So was it just romaine lettuce? What else was in it? I need to know more information about that salad because it, it wasn't clear to me, quite frankly. And so those are the details that I would like to see in a spinoff show with Claire and Dale. So I know Bachelor Nation, they don't want to see Claire again. They're done with her. But I do. I want to see what's going on with these two. Because sometimes in television, I love to hate someone. And that's how I'm feeling about those two, if that makes any sense. I think you guys get it. Um, but I would like to watch them. And so hopefully we'll see more of this Claire and Dale. I don't know. Apparently I heard they show up throughout the season. And they're going to be around or something. You know, they already quarantined them. They might as well put them on camera. Uh, but uh, look, I don't know what to expect next. This is all new to me. I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm I'm grateful to you guys for taking this journey with me. And I apologize. I might get things wrong or I might misunderstand the rules of this game or not know the backstories for these people. But I'm learning and I'm trying my best. And I'm enjoying myself. And I'm feeling so refreshed, renewed, re- renewed rejuvenated, all the things. Because I'll be honest with you guys, I was getting a little burnt out on Bravo stuff. I think I might have mentioned that on the podcast before. I was getting a little burnt out, and there were so many Housewife franchises, and I was getting tired of certain stuff. I needed something fresh, and I'm feeling so good with The Bachelorette. And I'm feeling so good doing all these interviews. We've been having great people on the show. And I know some people are disappointed. Maybe some of the, we're not doing Southern Charm recaps, and we're not doing Orange County. I get it. I know people are upset, but I've been feeling really rejuvenated. And so I thank you for taking this journey with me. Uh, And again, uh, I'd like to end it by just saying I'm giving myself this rose. I'm giving myself this rose. So with all of that said, I do want to say stay tuned for this week because I have a great interview coming up uh, with two women, one of which you guys are going to be, I mean, you're going to be blown away by both of them, but I can't wait. Okay. So stay tuned. Uh, please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino. If you want any of the merch, we have everything iconic.store. You guys, we have those headbands. We have these new holiday reindeer headbands for when you do the face mask, you just put them on. Really cute, great stocking stuffer, great holiday gift. And we don't have many of the reindeer ones. Uh, so if you want one of those, just know that we don't have a ton of them. Um, also, we have wine glasses, t-shirts, all sorts of great stuff that make great holiday gifts. I'm already in the Christmas spirit, you guys. I'm ready to go. Ready to go. I haven't put the tree up yet. I just put the Halloween tablescape away, but I am ready to do the Christmas tablescape. Cannot wait. Uh, what else? Uh, if you want to subscribe to the Everything Iconic Patreon, you get bonus episodes. I'm doing one a month. It's every it's uh, patreon.com slash everything iconic. Uh, subscribe there. I love you all so much for listening. Shall we do our little cool down? Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. You guys, this has been an emotional couple weeks, hasn't it? I know we're all a bit on the brim. But let's all move forward and try to be happy and find the good things and the things that you love and and celebrate when and where you can. And uh, let's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Was that cheesy? Maybe so. Maybe so. I love you all. Bye-bye.
love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. No! 